Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. And welcome to Overnight America. It's the last show of the week. <laughs> I think everyone's ready for this week to end. Oh, man. So here we are. We have another big show planned. Lots of great guests. But really, I wanted to catch you up on a few things that happened today that you may have missed. There was a White House presser. And then President Trump put a video online talking about the Capitol riots. And I wanted to play both of those for you because I know that the post from Donald Trump on Twitter was something that just happened in the past, was it hour or so? So it wasn't aired because of Sports Open Line and the countdown to opening day. So you wouldn't have had a chance to actually hear it. The press conference from earlier in the White House, I'm not exactly sure if that was aired, but either way, it was first, uh, it, one came after another. So the very first one was Kyle McEnany in the White House. Here's what she had to say, uh, a statement on behalf of the White House regarding the Capitol Hill violence yesterday. Let me be clear. The violence we saw yesterday at our nation's capital was appalling, reprehensible, and antithetical to the American way. We condemn it, the president and this administration, in the strongest possible terms. It is unacceptable, and those that broke the law should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. I stood here at this podium the day after a historic church burned amid violent riots, and I said this, the First Amendment guarantees the right of the people to peaceably assemble. What we saw last night in Washington and across the country was not that, end quote. Make no mistake, what we saw yesterday afternoon in the halls of our Capitol, likewise, was not that. We grieve for the loss of life and those injured, and we hold them in our prayers and close to our hearts at this time. We thank our valiant law enforcement officers who are true American heroes. What we saw yesterday was a group of violent rioters undermining the legitimate First Amendment rights of the many thousands who came to peacefully have their voices heard in our nation's capital. Those who violently besieged our capital are the opposite of everything this administration stands for. The core value of our administration is the idea that all citizens have the right to live in safety, peace, and freedom. Those who are working in this building are working to ensure an orderly transition of power. Now it is time for America to unite, to come together, to reject 
the violence that we have seen. We are one American people under God. Thank you very much. Okay, so that was the press conference from earlier today. Just a written statement read, and then she uh, left the podium. But President Trump did follow up within the last hour or so on social media, on Twitter. And I have that for you. And I thought, let's play that here, too. This one's a little bit longer. This one's about two minutes and 40 seconds long, where he addresses what happened yesterday and what's going to be happening next. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. We have just been through an intense election and emotions are high, but now tempers must be cooled and calm restored. We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. I continue to strongly believe that we must reform our election laws to verify the identity and eligibility of all voters and to ensure faith and confidence in all future elections. Now Congress has certified the results. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation. 2020 has been a challenging time for our people. A menacing pandemic has upended the lives of our citizens, isolated millions in their homes, damaged our economy, and claimed countless lives. Defeating this pandemic and rebuilding the greatest economy on Earth will require all of us working together. It will require a renewed emphasis on the civic values of patriotism, faith, charity, community, and family. We must revitalize the sacred bonds of love and loyalty that bind us together as one national family. To the citizens of our country, serving as your president has been the honor of my lifetime. And to all of my wonderful supporters, I know you are disappointed, but I also want you to know that our incredible journey is only just beginning. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. And that was the speech that was put online on social media after his accounts were unlocked, but then, <laughs> well, pretty much he's kicked out of all other social media from there. there that was the other thing. You know, Facebook, YouTube, all these other places that uh, they have accounts, it's gone. He's not allowed to go back, and I think they've indicated, like Facebook, that they're going to keep it locked until... <laughs> until the inauguration day. So between now and then, social media fighting back in the sense that, you know, they don't like that this administration pushed them, wanted to lose some of their protections. And then all of a sudden it goes to show you that the extreme power that they have to do something like this at their discretion, um, they can lock anyone out, including the president of the United States. With that, I 
think about the word unity. If that's even possible, I don't even know. I I don't know what unity would look like in the future if it's even on the table. It's a nice word that's used pretty much at the start of every administration and never is accomplished. In fact, it's probably pushed even further. I don't think that's unique, but it's going to continue with this next one, too. So the uh, social media platforms continue to lock down the accounts. Governor Parson here said Trump should absolutely not be blamed for the Capitol riots that we saw yesterday. We have a lot to get to on the show, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that in the next segment. We only have a few minutes, but if you wanted to try to sneak a call in early, you could. Because in about 25-ish, 30 minutes, yeah, about 25 minutes or so, we're going to have Mark Hammock on, uh, Hamrick. He's a senior economic analyst for Bankrate. We're going to talk about a few things, the the job numbers. We're going to also talk about the potential for tax increases, what a, another stimulus package, and some of the other economic things that they're anticipating in the Biden administration and how that could play into where we are today. We're also going to talk next hour to Fred Litwin, He's the author of On the Trail of Delusion. Now, this is something I scheduled a while ago, and I thought, you know, something non-political kind of is needed right about now. So he is a former JFK conspiracy theorist, and he wrote a book debunking the conspiracy theories surrounding President Kennedy's assassination. So he's going to spend an hour with us talking about all of the different theories and what he's come to his conclusion and how he changed his mind on them. That's all next hour. Also, Brad Young is going to join us to discuss the 25th Amendment, the call for usage there, and some of the other extreme, I think, pretty lousy calls that you see on, you know, the that are out there right now, including the Congresswoman Bush here in St. Louis. It's just really lousy stuff. And then later in the show, too, Helen Andrews is going to join us, and she's going to talk about a book about boomers and what they've done to this generation. She's not too happy, but she's using it as more a way to just lay out her ideas of, Uh, Hey, here's what happened and why it happened. So we got a big show planned for today. Always you can reach me on Facebook, Ryan Recker Radio, or on Twitter at Ryan Recker. And online, if you want to text us, I can see those from here at 314-436-7900. It's Overnight America, KMOX. KMOX is St. Louis's news, talk, sports, radio. Yeah, so we're going to talk JFK conspiracy theories from someone who wants to dispel all of them. We're going to do that for a full hour next hour. And Mark Hamrick, he's from this area. He knows and loves KMOX. He's a senior economic analyst for Bankrate. We're going to talk a little bit about the job numbers and then what he thinks could be coming in the Biden administration. I want to talk to him about his tax increase agenda, what he thinks about how that'll play into things. Oh, and the potential of another stimulus on top of that. So we'll take a couple of calls before we we do that. Let's first go to Larry, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. That is fabulous. I've been studying the John F. Kennedy election for years, read every book that I get my hands on, been to Dealey Plaza, took the tour, the whole bit. Oh, wow. Yeah, this... for... yeah, it's fabulous. Yeah. I'm glad you're doing that. Mm-hmm. So go the ahead. Word, uh, the word amen. I don't need congressmen to make this a gender thing. The word amen is used in many languages. It's a Hebrew word, and it's used after prayer. It's used 16 times in the Bible, and the most prevalent places in Psalms. So it's used after a prayer. Yea, yea, it shall be so. So we don't need to. We don't need congressmen doing. They have a hard enough time with the law within the, in, within those walls. Let alone trying to be theological. We don't need them to be theological. 
Yeah, but that was a big joke. And I, I pointed this out online, too, when it comes to how woke everything has to be. And this is, by the way, coming off of the big speech, Pelosi made new rules that you have to be non-gender specific or something. So you can't say man or woman, say person or, you know, don't say father, mother, because it might not be inclusive enough. So coming off of that and you think that they adjust their prayers based on that, I thought, man, uh, you've made wokeness into idolatry. You, you are praising woke. You are definitely not praising God when you do things like that. That's a good, good point. Second, the 25th Amendment, they're talking about impeaching. The 25th Amendment was last used with George Bush. He had an operation and he was put out. So he he invoked that. It was It's due to sickness. It has nothing to do with President Trump being sick. And lastly, uh, Sarah Palin had a quote today, and I, I, I thought this right off the bat. I know there were some Trump people in that Capitol building, but there was a lot of Antifa people in there, and there was an explanation point. And Sarah Palin says, and I'm just going to the last sentence, and to any insincere fake D.C. patriots used as plants, you will be found out. And lastly, Ryan, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're willing to do this or not, but I, I view two places as the most public places where someone can hear something. The pulpit in God's church, anyone's welcome to hear the gospel. And secondly, the radio, anyone can participate and call in if you want. Today, Amy Mark's course was on 97.1, and she did a tirade on Donald Trump. And if you feel free and or you feel uncomfortable, I would understand that as a fellow employee. But her her tirade, I, I just think people need to hear it. I was very, very perturbed by it. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll have her on the show. I, I, maybe it's time to get her on. We'll have to do that. And I'll, I'd rather hear it from her and get her thoughts on that. So thanks, Larry. I think, um, you know what? This is interesting. Maybe this is a good case study because people call in and they say, Oh, you lousy, uh, you know, KMOX gets their marching orders from the Republican Party and they wait for Rush Limbaugh and that's all they do is wait and they they find out what he's going to say and then they mimic him and, you know, it's it's a giant right wing, uh, you know, far right, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They say all these different things and then uh, people like to point out that actually do pay attention that, oh, no, there's a pretty diverse uh, understanding of politics on all of our radio stations, including this very one. So uh, just another point out for that. Uh, let's go to Mary, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, Ryan. How are you this evening? Good. Good. Hey, thank you for playing the press secretary's statement and the president's statement so that I hadn't heard. I heard part of one and none of the other. So I appreciate you doing that. Oh, good. And uh, I feel kind of bad for Josh Hawley because, you know, after all the president's lawsuits got basically rejected, none of them ever got heard. So none of the evidence was ever looked at. So Josh was just trying to let the American people know that he will say for us that we don't believe this election was valid. And I don't they seem to be coming off like they're blaming him for the for the anarchy today. You know, the the liberal media. It's just kind of crazy. But I love the lineup you got for the show tonight. And I'm really (laughs) glad to not talk about politics for a while. To not very little politics. So I yeah, appreciate that. 
there will be, I think, um, lots of opportunities in the future to try to stray away from politics. We knew that this week would not be one of those weeks. We knew that this yeah. week would be yeah. very much so in the middle of it and very in-depth mm-hmm. into politics. So we knew we wouldn't get away from it. So this was a unique week. I hope that we're not always like this. Yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, thanks, Mary. Good to hear from you. So if you want to message, you can, and more people messaging us talking about, yeah, that guy sounds like... John Goodman. We get that all the time. Everyone says, oh, John Goodman calling in. One person messaged in. They uh, appreciated the calm approach from the broadcast last night. We have some of the best listeners. We really do. And all the people that called in last night with the wide range of feelings on this, I thought we had a lot of different takes on that. And it just goes to show you the diverse nature of people that even listen to this show. A lot of people don't want to believe it. <laughs> Everyone believes, oh, everyone's lock in step with everything I say. But no, I think you'd be surprised the amount of people that listen that actually don't like me or on top of that, disagree with me on some things and like me on the others. Who knows? But I wanted to just touch on a few things before we talk about maybe some of the economic policies with bank rate senior advisor, Mark Hamrick, that'll be coming up in the next segment. I wonder where Joe Biden stands on some of these financial the stances, what are they going to do in the administration, knowing that the two Georgia Senate seats are now going to be going to the Democrats, which means that the tiebreaker would be in Democrats hands, which means that there could be a lot more in line with um, there could be a lot more in line with the way we see uh, what they wanted may actually be, you know, their wishes, their our command type of deal when it comes to Congress, which is scary and weird to think that. Some of things like, hey, we're just going to revoke all of these tax cuts that were done a few years ago could be going away or we're going to just give a harder time to businesses when it came to some of these tax cuts they gave them. We're going to start allowing China to do what they want. We're going to start dropping things with other countries and the pressures we put onto them. We're going to reverse these things. What does that mean for the economy? So we'll find out coming up, too. Uh, So this was from a little bit earlier. Social platforms flex their power and lock down Trump accounts. Says after years of treating Donald Trump's uh, with a light touch, Facebook and Instagram silencing his social media accounts for the rest of his presidency. Facebook and Instagram said Thursday they'll bar Trump from posting at least until the inauguration of President-elect Joe Biden. So locking him out in that sense. Twitter opened things back up from earlier. Apparently he they uh, they removed um, they removed the the um, uh, restrictions that they had from set for 12 hours from yesterday and allowed him to go and put a video up today. I don't know if he's got a lot of other things to say at this point, but we're coming into the final stretch the last couple of weeks before Joe Biden is going to be inaugurated. And for the most part, what you see is most, uh, I think some of the lunacy that goes on when there's these giant pushes for the 25th amendment or impeachment, what they say they want to draft articles. Keep in mind, Congress isn't really in session right now and they won't be in session until after the the changeover into the White House at the end of the month. So all of this is nothing. I mean, all of this is them just trying to, uh, I don't know, get things for their donor emails. Oh, at least I stood up and did that and did this. And it just, it means nothing. And for all of the criticism that some people had when it came to the Republican congressmen and senators that wanted to stand up and say, hey, we object to some of these states under these grounds. And they said, oh, you're 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 traitors. You know, you're you're holding things up. You're doing this. You're doing that. None of this is going to change the election. Why would you even dare question these sort of things? And then they turn right back around and then they draft these things and say, none of this is going to change anything, but we're going to do it anyway. We're going to make this stand. We're going to say these things that are on our mind. So hypocritical, all of them. 
And I think that's where we sit right now. And when we hear the president say, you know, or not the president, but in the press conference from earlier behind the White House press secretary, uh, McEnany, we hear her say, now's the time for unity. And I think there's no way. I mean, like what, Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are going to stand up there and say, after everything that happened the past four years, now we're going to start giving you a fair shake. Uh, We have congressmen that want to, uh, Cori Bush here out of St. Louis wants to remove Josh Hawley for even raising an objection to begin with and call him a traitor, you know, and then Ted Cruz and anyone else that may have stood up in uh, the House of Representatives. So that's how you obtain unity. (laughs) Give me a break. None of that is how you obtain unity. So it's all a hollow gesture at this point. I don't think any of it will ever change. I don't know how if it can change. Will it change? I don't know. It, you you look at the way we have progressed, and it's not like the last four years are out of line with the previous eight years. Maybe the previous eight years may be out of line with the one eight years before that, and it might be out of line from the eight years after that. But the, the way things are going, it's a lot of, we don't, you know, we'll, we'll give it lip service, but in our actions, we really don't want anything to change. We just want to use this to continue to push our power and try to demonize the people we disagree with over and over and over again. And it's a very effective tool. It's worked for them. So when we come back, I want to talk more about the economy and Mark Hamrick, senior economic analyst for Bank Rates, joining us on Overnight America KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. What is this? Well, I guess that's one way to change the mood. Welcome back to Overnight America. See, play this a little bit. What is this? Oh, the hamster dance? Huh. Well, yeah, that is one way to change the mood on a Thursday night. Welcome back. (laughs) Joining us now is someone we've had on the show before and is quite familiar with the area. Much love to the senior economic analyst for Bankrate, Mark Hamrick. How are you? It's great to be with you going from uh, one ham to another there, I guess. Uh, Always (laughs) a pleasure to be back on uh, KMOX, absolutely. So from what I understand, you're in D.C. now. Were you in D.C. yesterday? No, uh, we pretty much uh, worked from home all through the pandemic here. One of the fortunate things about uh, working in the uh, media field relative to personal finance is uh, you know, I can do most of my work from home, and so I certainly wouldn't have had any reason to go in and uh, witness uh, the uh, the rally or or. Uh, or the, wouldn't have to fight through that crowd the or anything on the Capitol. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. just, you know, it was one thing years ago when I was a general journalist and I was in, in the middle of DC on nine 11 and, and, you know, other times, uh, in, uh, the recent history of the Capitol. But these days, um, you know, the most, the most exciting thing I do with respect to events that occur in DC would be to go to a Senate banking committee hearing or go to a federal reserve <laughs> news conference. And that's plenty exciting for me these days. Oh, ple- I can see your definition of excitement is a little bit different than most people's, but that's just the <laughs> life of a journalist, I guess. Well, I wanted to talk yeah. to you about the weekly, uh, the weekly jobless claims. We're continuing to watch that because it's a real um, it, it's a moment because of the pandemic and the reaction to it and the, if the problems that we're having with people regaining their jobs, losing jobs, not being able to work, whatever it is. It's a number we've been watching very closely and the new numbers are out when it comes to the filings. I'm curious what you think about them. Sure. So the headline number was 787,000, which was exactly the same as the previous week. The only thing was with that a new release, they also revised down the previous week by 3,000. So you could say that it was um, um, or up by 3,000. So you could say it, it, it fell, but, you know, it's, it's, I would say, insignificant. So what we would surmise from all that is that it's week number 42 because I have a running year of the economic downturn that began, obviously, connected to the pandemic. Uh, And while there has been some, you might say, erosion level of new claims over time, they still are historically elevated, still higher than what we saw during the financial crisis and Great Recession. And I did check, uh, by the way, with respect to Missouri, and you saw a slight increase there, 1,800 new claims now at about 15,500. Uh, you have the good fortune uh, around St. Louis of having a lower unemployment rate, not only in St. Louis, but around the state of Missouri, than what is seen elsewhere around the country. And I have not had the opportunity to delve into that to see whether lack of participation in the labor force is sort of a contributor that might be giving us a bit of a statistical illusion there, meaning are there people who who stop looking for work uh, or are no longer working, um, which uh, is sort of exed um, out of the unemployment rate, for lack of a better way of putting it. But at any rate, it, you know, it's a good place to be when you're when you're sort of beating the national uh, rate on unemployment. But in terms of the earlier sort of question and premise, 
you know, here we are almost a year since this downturn began, 10 weeks away from that. And, you know, if you had it on your bingo card that we'd be in this situation <laughs> a year down the road, congratulations. But, you know, I, I don't think most people did. And so not only has the pandemic roared out of control, and there's really been no uh, quarter to evade that, meaning, you know, it, it's taken everywhere in the country um, and the world, for that matter, for the most part. And so uh, here we are. There's an economic price to be paid. Uh, from that. And and, um, and and so we're going to get, by the way, uh, a monthly jobs report tomorrow. Uh, and that will probably be the weakest in terms of jobs creation or lack thereof since the recovery began after having lost uh, 22 million jobs in March and April of last year. Mm-hmm. So in the overall scheme of things, the way it's progressing and the numbers and the way that you're seeing it track, is is there some encouragement there or are you looking at it and saying it's slower than what you anticipated? I'm, I'm just kind of curious and I, yeah. I know you broke it down there, but just your analysis of that side of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really see anything that really gives us reason to be encouraged. I mean, here we're going to have probably in the morning basically a report that says no jobs were created in in December. We might have even lost jobs. Uh, And that would be the first such reading like that in six months. Uh, So being a person who's sort of organically optimistic, you know, it pains me to say, you know, I can't look over in this corner of the report and say, hey, yeah, but, uh, which we would have probably done, you know, for years coming out of the uh, financial crisis and Great Recession, say, oh, well, we're getting, you know, burgeoning, uh, wage growth or, you know, the unemployment rate is steadily coming down. And that has been the case here, obviously. Previously, yeah, it's been coming down from, from you know, ridiculously high levels. But, uh, you know, here's the sort of optimistic, uh, and, and, I, and I, there's, a, there's a problem with using optimistic because that sometimes suggests uh, being more positive than, than it should be. But in terms of a more upbeat takeaway, uh, it is that the war against the virus is well underway, right? In other words, the, mm-hmm. the, the vaccines are being administered. I just had some friends who texted me from Nashville today who are only in their um, low 60s in terms of age, and, and, and they had been vaccinated today. So that means they're making real progress down there in Tennessee. Um, not so much here in Maryland, but uh, the <laughs> point is that that is the solution, right? And, and since, since the downturn was caused by the pandemic, if we, if we uh, have reason to believe that the vaccines will remain effective, even with the mutations of the virus, and that seems to be uh, the line of thinking right now, then, you know, I think, number one, we got the economic stimulus legislation passed and signed by the president, uh, you know, belatedly right after Christmas. Um, I think now that the Georgia Senate races have been resolved, uh, basically President-elect Biden is going to have a path toward getting more stimulus passed, and that's not a political observation in the sense of I'm, I'm cheering for that because that's not what I do. I'm just saying from an economic standpoint, uh, that is going to lend more fuel for the economic recovery rather than if it were not passed. Right. And that's a couple of things that I think people are eyeing right now, because then they're going to start talking more about what his tax policies are going to be, how they are yeah. going to change him. Um, are there going to be tax increases? Are there going to be some of those tax cuts that are scaled back for businesses and what kind of impact that'll have on the economy? And they've already indicated as soon as Congress is back in session, they're going to be pushing for more direct payments for the stimulus. So instead of the 600, right. they might try for the 2000 or whatever. So all of these things, it's interesting because last time we passed the stimulus package, 
particularly the first one and even talks of it, uh, the, the Dow Jones went up. So there was more confidence that you start to see with the investment. And then I think about something like this. You have the plus side, which is the investors may like more money being pumped back in. Forget about the debt, but they like more money being pumped back into people's pockets. But then that might be counteracted by some of the different tax increases and things. So I'm curious how you think that'll all play together. Well, first of all, um, you know, it's important to remember, uh, and, and this might be something that antagonizes some members of your audience, but, uh, you know, I'm just trying to be straightforward and, and truthful and, and tell things, that, you know, honestly, as I see them. Uh, you know, Joe Biden didn't win the nomination because he's progressive or a, a leftist hand grenade thrower. He, among the reasons he won the nomination is because he isn't that. He, he is a centrist. Uh, and uh, in some in some areas, he was criticized during the primaries for maybe having a tradition of not being uh, centrist enough with respect to some of his votes in the past with respect to racially charged issues. But uh, the point is, on your question, uh, relevant to that is that uh, you know I, obviously he has talked about uh, a tax legislation which would raise taxes on those who have incomes of four hundred thousand dollars or higher. That's not most of us. Uh, and obviously then raising uh, corporate taxes. And I think that to me feels, you know, broadly fair. Um, but also we know that for, you know, there are many corporations that get away with not paying income taxes at all. Uh, and there are plenty of loopholes for individuals and businesses. You know, that, that that's a longstanding um, facet of an overly complicated tax code. But to get to the sort of priorities that I think, you know, they're talking about, you hit on one uh, before things went wildly out of control in D.C. the other day. Uh, the Democratic leader uh, Schumer in the Senate basically said talk about one thing, and that was getting a $2,000 stimulus payment uh, out to people when they have the opportunity to try to pass that. Uh, and then I think, you know, basically Biden himself has talked about the notion that the Economic relief legislation that was signed uh, December 27th is seen as a quote-unquote down payment. Uh, maybe a more elegant way of putting that would be the first of two uh, such measures, and and and, the, and they're talking about something in the neighborhood of 750 billion dollars next time around. So um, you know, investors obviously have no problems uh, sort of integrating that into a bullish scenario. Dow Industrials Average crossed over 31,000 today. Again, you know, in a period where so many things uh, confound people, a day after an assault on the U.S. Capitol, right, and and so many other things going on that uh, are negative, you know, mostly on the pandemic uh, front, uh, the market's been rallying strongly. And that's largely a function of ample liquidity in the system that keeps the financial gears grinding in a positive way. That's been a function of central banks being involved. And you did uh, allude to the fact that there will be a price to pay for that. But don't forget about the fact that one aspect of the Trump tax cut was that those tax cuts are set to uh, go away in 2023. That's the way that legislation was built. So Joe Biden, in a way, doesn't have to do anything, and you're going to have a tax increase. So um, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, I just saw Bernie Sanders on TV tonight, and he was recalling uh, history of not that long ago when the Democrats controlled uh, three uh, aspects of government, the House, the Senate, and the White House after President Obama was elected, and they only held on to that for two years. And so what he was talking about, I think, is an interesting 
sort of political discussion, and that is we need to deliver to the American people what they're looking for or else we're, we're going to lose this grasp on government once again. And at mm-hmm. a time when there's so much political discord, if, if indeed, you know, that is an a- accurate assessment because, I, you know, there's extremism and then there's rational, uh, reasonable discussion. Uh, and I don't know how much we have of the latter, but, uh, but, I, but I'm hopeful. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see whether uh, Biden and McConnell uh, will be able to broker deals that basically members of both parties can go home and brag about. And so infrastructure is obviously one of those uh, aspects, um, but also just getting the economy back on its feet. I think if, if they were able to achieve that together uh, and some of that may happen uh, essentially on its own accord, uh, that would be something that ironically both parties could campaign on two years from now. <laughs> Grand scheme of things. Well, I'm holding you a little bit late, but I have one other question, if that's okay. Sure. Uh, and uh, I, we, I, you know, my bedtime is, is hours away. So. <laughs> <laughs> one of the other things I keep seeing on social media, or at least on news and things like that, is the way people are going crazy about Bitcoin right now. People investing in that, yeah. and it's hitting these record highs. Do you think that's any indication of confidence? Why do you think that's happening right now? Well, uh, you know, the, the reference that earlier, there's a lot of cash in the system right now. You have people who are bored stiff at home, frankly. Uh, you know, you have a lot of gambling going on. There's spec- there's a lot of speculation going on in the stock market. Uh, and, you know, success breeds on itself. Uh, you know, the history of uh, bubbles, and I'm not necessarily saying there is a bubble there, but, uh, you know, nothing succeeds like success when it comes to investing until it stops succeeding. But the other part is there's a growing uh, institutional appetite for alternative investments uh, such as Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. And so, you know, if, you, if, if one, and we're speaking to your audience, if one just does a minimal amount of reading in this space, if they haven't already, you'll find that some uh, institutional uh, investors who previously weren't involved in that space are, are warming to it. And, and there's also seen as a need to hedge, right? So in other words, you've got a fixed income environment or bonds that essentially have their own issues right now, including low interest rates. And, uh, and, and there is a risk to principle if, if interest rates start going up sharply. And, and some people fear that. I mean, people always fear it, but there's, but there's enough, there's an associated fear with more federal spending coming down the line uh, with that. Uh, so, you know, when stock prices might seem um, high in some quarters, uh, you're worried about what might happen in bonds and uh, gold's had a good run. Some people look at that and say, hey, that's worth a try because if I've got, let's just use a, a, a small in, in the investment world and in round number, if I have a thousand dollars and it's uh, and it's already gained whatever the number is in, in the past month, it's a, it's a big number. Uh, in terms of percentage, uh, I'm, I'm happy to let that ride because, um, you know, I, I view that as a speculative investment. So I don't think, as I said the, to others, this is not for the widows and orphans fund, meaning you don't want to <laughs> put money uh, to work that you can't afford to lose. But at a time when everything from Tesla to even the S&P 500 seemed to be on fire, um, some people look at that and say, hey, let's just give it a shot. And, uh, you know, if it, if it pays back more than a lottery ticket, then I'm happy. So we'll see whether <laughs> over time it becomes a, becomes a more um, a legitimate area. But, um, you know, I think one of the real problems with it uh, from a, a 
sort of a more serious and, and academic standpoint is it's seen as, you know, essentially unregulated in the Wild West and, and maybe maybe even ultimately a target for, for money that uh, may have uh, questionable origins. Uh, in other words, if you want to put money to work uh, that you don't necessarily want uh, tracked or or um, things along those lines, uh, you know, there are some there are some questionable aspects of, of some of the investments that are going into crypto over time. And I'm talking about over years now. Right. So I would just say, be careful. Right. Okay. That was a nice long explanation for be careful. <laughs> it yeah, worked well, out know, just can, right. I can do short and I can do long here. <laughs> no, that's good. No, it's because the way it goes is so many people are talking about it, how it's been exploding online just with the pricing and whatnot. And I thought, well, you know, there's going to be people, let's say that they do push to the, the 2000 per person stimulus coming up next. I wonder how much that's going to be pushing it up to because people are just saying, oh, you know, I wasn't expecting this money. I might as well throw it into something that everyone's talking about. And it, I just was curious just in general because I'm so distrustful of that style anyway. Uh, I, you know, there's there's no guarantees on anything but in general it's yeah. a pretty risky deal for me I, I stay away from things like that but some people love it so that's why i wanted to ask well uh real quick if people yeah. wanted to find you on bank rate or anything else you're doing where can they go well the easiest thing is probably uh just to look for uh at hamrickisms which is on twitter and pretty much everywhere else in social media uh or you know obviously you know there's plenty of content at bankrate.com linkedin uh instagram facebook all those areas so mark hamrick and uh you know, uh, I'm easy to find out there. Perfect. Senior economic analyst for Bankrate, Mark Hamrick. Thank you again for coming on. It's always great to have you on the show. Well, as you know, uh, you know, KMOX has a special place in my heart going back to my boyhood when I was at Crestwood Elementary School. So uh, I appreciate it very much. Oh, that's great. Uh, he joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line on Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. Very good explanation of what's going on economically. And yeah, the Dow Jones is still on fire. It continues to rise. It did today. It's what, 31,000-ish, right above. Not bad. I think a lot of people are going to be looking forward to some of the different layouts of the policies and even... I think it was uh, Schumer or someone today said one of their first priorities is going to be trying to push for those $2,000 stimulus checks right off the bat. And I think that the objections that some of the Republicans had, including the threshold of who should get it. So before you had, I think, was it 75 grand and under you were making, you were qualifying for the $600 that came through the next round, the ones that Pelosi was pushing, you could go up to like $300,000. And you thought, wait a minute, uh, that's a lot of money to be pulling in 300 grand. Even if it's just for a family, that's a ton of money to be bringing in and you'd still qualify for this tax money. So is that really necessary if you're pulling in that much money? So there's some of these other things like the, the, the funding overseas and where the money was going, that it's going to be very difficult to strip or at least have this type of discussion to strip out some of those things in the future. So what does that mean? Does, do investors like that? Do they care about the uh, long term when it comes to the debt? All great answers from Mark Hamrick. And if you missed it, you could do the radio.com rewind or even better, just download the podcast. We'll be posting it here in a little bit. So in the next hour, something that is a little political, but not exactly political to the times we're in today. Fred Letwin is the author of On the Trail of Delusion. He was a former rabid JFK conspiracy theorist, and he wrote a book about debunking the conspiracy theories surrounding the JFK assassination. A lot of people have studied it, and we've actually 
opened the phone lines in the past. And it's funny, whenever we talk anything conspiracy, a JFK one always pops up. Easily, I think, the most talked about conspiracy out there. So he's someone that was really into it. And now he's like, oh, no, 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 I've changed my mind on it. And here's why. Here's what I found when I started to study and actually investigate it for myself. One of the things during the Trump administration is that they were going to release a lot of this JFK files that were previously classified. And they did a batch of them, maybe half of them or something, and they were going to do a second batch. And I don't think they ever released a second batch. They gave you just a little bit. They teased your appetite for it, but there wasn't really much afterwards. There's uh, one quick thing I was going to bring up, but we don't have a lot of time to discuss it, is that on KMOX.com, uh, Dr. Fauci taking a moment to talk to Wash U, and there's a story right on the website about it. The coronavirus pandemic will get worse before it gets better, but vaccinations, quote, will be the real gateway to return to normal, he says to a group of Missouri scientists. Kind of cool to get that video conference with him. I'm sure that was a big deal to be a part of it. I tried to watch the video. It looks like a, a, at some point it was public, but when I pressed play on it just now, it said the video was uh, not accessible, so maybe they put some different privacies on it. But, you know, KMOX, we're able to watch it. We're able to, like, here's an example of some of the things that he was discussing. We have something that I've never seen before in public health that makes it very different from HIV is that public health has been immersed in a divisive society, which has made it very, very difficult to have a uniform response. I mean, I might give an example of something that I believe you all there are aware of, that there are regions of the country where hospitals are filled with people in intensive care units who are dying, and the people in the community still feel it's fake news, it's a hoax, and it's a conspiracy. That, to me, is unimaginable that that is going on in the United States. You know, something almost as unimaginable as what happened last night in my town here of Washington, D.C. Something that you say, how could this possibly be going on? All right, so there's there's part, I guess, always there's always going to be a political aspect to <laughs> medical anymore. I guess you can't get away from it. This is Overnight America, KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.